0: everyone and welcome to the Able Voices podcast. I'm Dr. Rhoda Bernard, founding managing director of the Berkeley Institute for Accessible Arts Education, and I am proud to present this podcast featuring disabled artists and arts educators. We are inviting artists with disabilities to be guest hosts for the Able Voices podcast. Today's guest host is actress and playwright Grace Everett. Grace is a proud queer woman and an autistic self-advocate who is always happy to help educate others about accessibility and disability activism. She hopes to spread awareness and acceptance through performing and writing. Grace has been active in the arts since age nine. She started out with improv and later moved on to community theater. Some of the favorite musical theater roles that she has played include the title role in Carrie and Joe March in Little Women. Grace graduated high school at Ovation Academy of Performing Arts in McKinney, Texas, and now she is at DePaul University in Chicago, where she studies and trains as a member of one of the country's most selective undergraduate playwriting programs. Grace was a writer from the time she could read but she started writing plays at age 15. Her first play, The Last Sunrise of August, 1973, is award-winning, and several of her other plays have been performed across America by various youth theaters and professional companies.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Able Voices podcast. I am your guest host for these couple episodes, Grace Everett. And I am seriously so excited to introduce you to this next guest. This is Autumn Vest. We actually had the chance to meet in person for the first time ever after being, I guess, online friends for a bit.
2: Yeah, it was really exciting.
1: <laughs> it's so cool. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself, you know, name pronouns, if you want to share like all that fun stuff, talk yeah. a little bit about who you are as an artist.
2: Yeah. Um. Thanks for the intro. My name is Autumn. And I, my pronouns are she, her, and um, I have been living in Chicago for the last two years and I just moved to New York last week, which is very exciting. And I am an actress, singer, writer, and yeah, that's that's kind of the gist.
1: <laughs> nice. Well, okay, first of all, like, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. Second of all, yeah, I would I would love to know a little bit more about just kind of your artistic journey how you got started in the arts like music acting writing whatever you're you're up to kind of how you got to where you are now
2: wow yeah what a what a what a broad beautiful question um I basically started because my grandparents um took me to a lot of concerts as a kid there was um there was this thing called like the celebrity concert series. And it was like all of these retired and very old people (laughs) went to these uh, like silly touring concerts. Um, And so there was one every single month and it would be like orchestras or like dance groups and all that stuff. And I started going to them when I was like four years old. And yeah, basically from, from the very first concert I went to, it was actually a dance concert. And I was like, I'm going to be a performer. Like that's it. Yeah, so my grandparents really were like my, have been pretty much my biggest supporters throughout my entire career. But yeah, so I started to learn the violin when I was four, actually, because I had been going to these concerts and going to these like symphonies and I loved orchestra music. And so at four years old, I went to my parents and I was like, I am going to play the violin. And they were like, you only have one hand. Um, what do are- <laughs> um, what are you talking about? And so, but they were super supportive and they were like, well, if you want to play the violin and you feel like you can do it, then we'll, we'll figure it out. So I got my first violin and it was literally like, you know, like less than a foot tall. It was teeny weeny bitty baby violin. It was probably like five inches tall. It's so small. And I started to learn to play the violin and that was kind of a collaboration of, working with a physical therapist and getting a brace made and finding a teacher that wanted to work with me and all that good stuff. And yes, yeah, so I played the violin for a long time. And then I started getting involved in community theater um, from a really young age. Um, and then I had my regional theater debut in Utah when I was, I think, fifth, I think it was 14. And yeah, and then everything kind of just spiraled after that. So that's kind of like the beginning of it all, I guess. <laughs>
1: Nice, nice. And I, I know there's obviously so much more to get into, but yeah. like, we'll, we'll get there. Um, I don't want to overwhelm people right away. Yeah. <laughs> but okay, so obviously, Able Voices podcast, you are a disabled artist. What can you talk a little bit about kind of your disability and how that affects you as a creator?
2: Yeah, of course. It's honestly something that brings me so much joy and it's been a fight to get there. You know, I, I spent my entire childhood kind of in the mindset of like, I'm not disabled. I am, I am not different from anyone else. Like I can do anything that anyone else can do. And that was kind of like a push from my parents and from like the adults around me of like, you're not disabled. You're not different. You're, you know, you, you have always figured everything out on your own, which is, you know, it's, there's, there's, pr- pros and cons to having that kind of mindset, but it's not it's not necessarily true. Um because I did have to really fight to learn how to do a lot of things on my own and a lot of the times when you have that mindset, it can lead to feeling like like it can make you feel like you can't ask for help and can't ask for accommodations. I didn't even really start like identifying with the disabled label until I was like a senior in high school and I I started getting a lot of pushback from the adults in my life being like, you're not disabled. Why would you call yourself that? And all this stuff. And it was really frustrating because I was like, you guys aren't seeing me. You guys aren't seeing all of me because that is a huge part of me. And yeah. And then I I was doing YouTube when I was in high school. And so I was talking a little bit about my disability on YouTube, which was really cool because I started to connect with other disabled artists and people with limb differences specifically from all around the world. and. I still have some really good internet friends from from my experience as a youtuber and that was really exciting because it was the first time that i started to see other people who were like me and had a limb difference specifically so that was really really cool and it was a lot of like my my really good friend um henry he is a model and he came to me and he was like hey i've never shown my disability on the internet before and because of your YouTube channel and because of your Instagram, like, I'm going to, like, post with my hand in my pictures for the first time. And ever since, it's just so, spin, it, that was, like, the most incredible moment of my entire life, honestly.
1: That's awesome.
2: Yeah, and just to see him, like, just soar and, and be so successful. And, yeah, so that was kind of, like, the early days of, I guess, like, coming into my identity as a disabled artist and, like, connecting with other disabled artists for the first time. Yeah, and obviously there's a lot more to talk about from that.
1: So I know you mentioned uh, regional theater production when you were like 14, 15. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I do I do know a little bit about that, but I'm wondering just for the people, can you tell us a little bit about that, about your role in that and your experience?
2: Yeah, so um, I was in a regional production. Actually, my original debut was in Shrek the Musical <laughs> when I was 14. And then the next year, I took a bunch of friends and we went to Salt Lake because I'm from Utah and um, went to this open call for a world premiere of a brand new musical that was coming to Utah. And the breakdown was really interesting because it was like this is the character's name is Willow and it's she she was a bird who um, fell out of her nest as a baby and convinced herself that she didn't know how to fly. And so, she, and all she wants to do is be able to get to the top of this mountain, but she can't fly. And so the, the play, well, the, the, she's like the supporting character. The main character is like writing her story to cope with some other things in her life. But that character just like really spoke to me because it, it was just exciting to see something like that where it's like, okay, I, this isn't necessarily written to be a disabled character, but I definitely connect with this storyline. And so yeah, I went to Salt Lake. I auditioned for that. And that was kind of like my first big like professional theater opportunity. And it was directed by Jeff Whiting at the time, who owns Open Jar Studios in New York City. And so I ended up getting to go out for the reading in the workshop as well in New York and and kind of do that. And that's where I met like my manager and all that stuff. So that's kind of like how I came into like the professional industry was yeah doing that that project and I felt very supported by the cast at the time like they were very collaborative about the choreography and the blocking and everything like that and they made me feel really comfortable with like asking questions and asking for accommodations um specifically Jeff too he is a really good director and there there was another disabled character in that uh cast too his name was Seth and so it was really cool to like work with uh, another person who had a disability in the show too anyway yeah i'm just kind of rambling at this point but that was kind of like my first Me. introduction to, uh professional world which was really cool
1: that's awesome and i know you've got like so much more professional stuff under your belt so specifically for willow how was that because i know that you said the role is not written to be disabled but then obviously you went on to play that role so was that role, did they kind of adapt that to be a disabled character once you had the role? Or was that just something that you took on and did mentally?
2: Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. They actually did not know that I didn't have a hand when they cast me,
1: which is kind
2: of hilarious. Um, I like went to dinner with the with the writer and the composer, who were my really good friends, and they were just talking. And they were like, yeah, we had no idea uh, until you showed up at the reading. We were like, this is crazy. And so... It definitely was something that, like, they didn't think about at first, but it was something that was on my mind. You know, I never, like, actually had a conversation with the writers about how it connected to disability, but it was just a part of my, like, own internal work for the character and just really affected, I think, like, how I performed throughout the show and, like, my own blocking that I was creating because Jeff was a very collaborative director, so... Um, he let me have a lot of freedom to kind of tell the story how I wanted to. So yeah, it was, it was kind of just a random coincidence that it worked out that way. And then it was just a lot of, um, just mental, yeah.
1: (laughs) That's, that's so cool. This is, this is a question that I like to ask really all Mm -hmm. disabled Mm -hmm. actors, performers. Do you believe in your, in your mind, in your table work, um, that all characters you play are inherently disabled, or is that something that can kind of change based on the character?
2: Oh, that's a really good question. I, I mean, I don't necessarily think that like disabled people should only go out for disabled roles. Obviously, um, yes. <laughs> there is, there's no world where that should be true. Any disabled person can play any type of character, and anyone who tells you otherwise doesn't know anything about theater or about acting um
1: quite frankly yeah um but like we're playing pretend what are you gonna do we're
2: we're literally playing pretend this date, like
0: it's
1: not that deep and the (laughs) truth is disabled people
2: are all types of people disabled people do exist in every single you know every single facet of life and um every walk of life so definitely I at, at least me as an artist, I go out for 100% more non-disabled roles than I do for disabled roles because the truth, the truth of the matter is I have only gotten, I think, three self-tapes in my entire career for disabled roles.
1: And you booked one of them, right? And or I
2: booked one, one of them. More. Yeah, which was nice. so... I felt so blessed because I know so many people went out for that role. So it was definitely steep competition.
1: That's actually a really good segue. yeah. Tell us a little bit about that role, because, like, this is this is how I first found out about you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I watched the show, and I was like, oh, my gosh, she's amazing.
2: It was so exciting. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it was so much fun. It was, you know, I, I have a little bit of mixed feelings about how they handled <laughs> my character. Um, there was a lot of things that, you know... Got rewritten and um, kind of swept under the rug a little bit, which was frustrating. um
1: What what show was this, by the way? It was for, forty. For the oh yeah, forty
2: four hundred <laughs> on the CW. It was a reboot of an old show from the early two thousands called The Forty Four Hundred, and it was about well, our reboot was about marginalized people from different timelines time traveling to the present day, and then some, we developed superpowers. So it was very like sci fi and fun and. Yeah. So I had telekinesis and my character was from the 70s. So it was so awesome. And in the breakdown, they originally said like, we are going to tailor the role to this actress, whoever we decide to cast, which was kind of the case with like all of the different characters in the show. All the characters like very heavily tailored for each of us, which was really cool. But, you know, there there were pros and cons. I had an amazing experience working on that show. Every single person I met was so nice. Every single, like, cast member was so supportive. I still have friends from the show that I talk to literally every single day. And it was such... I felt so lucky for that to be kind of my first on-screen experience. And as a disabled person, like, as someone who was invited to the table because I was a disabled person. And it was it was very... It was very exciting. Um, there were definitely some things that I wish could have gone differently. Like they never actually, cause every single person kind of got like a feature episode and my character's feature episode ended up not touching on my disability at all, which was very frustrating. Because every other character's backstory was kind of like centered around like their own personal marginalization and like their struggles in their timeline, but they didn't really talk about it at all and didn't talk to me about it at all. And it was very strange. But obviously, when you're in that mindset of just like going to work every day, it's like hard to, especially like as a brand new person in the industry, I didn't know like who to talk to and I didn't feel like super connected to the writer's room because of it was COVID. So, like, we weren't really seeing people that often. So it was kind of like a frustrating situation where I was excited to be there and obviously excited to like have a feature episode on network television. Like that was so huge for me, but also kind of feeling like they were not wanting to engage with uh, me as a disabled person when they had done that for everyone
1: else. So it was it was an interesting situation. but Yeah, that, that that's a very interesting uh, dichotomy there. Mm hmm. So I know you mentioned that you're a writer. Yeah. Just like because you mentioned, you know, not feeling very connected to the writer's room. Well, easy solution to that. Write your own stuff. Write your own stuff. And um, that's exactly what I'm doing. So what are what are you working on right now? What is what's what's on the table?
2: Yeah, right now, um, I'm actually writing a movie with my friend Eric, who had previously wrote for The Good Fight. And I don't want to say too much about it just yet, but it's basically a retelling of a fairy tale um from the point of view of a disabled princess at the at the helm of the story so it's very exciting it's very um like dark and kind of like action heavy so
1: hi oh my gosh I'm I'm so excited this better get produced because I want to watch
2: it I hope it gets produced someday
1: or just, like, send it to me once it's done. Like, I'll read it, too.
2: Honestly, I I, I literally will. I'm so excited about it. I, it's been... Uh, we've been writing it for over a year now. We've been working on it for so long. Yeah. Um. So, hopefully, we can start pitching it soon and, um, yeah, really get, get that going if we can. Because it, it would be a huge project, but it would honestly be like a dream come true it would be so so cool to be able to work on something that i wrote just because no one knows disabled stories as well as disabled people do so i don't know why able bodied people keep trying to write
1: them because they just yep
2: like it's just never gonna work out
1: so like the the disabled perspectives are just so valuable Mm -hmm. and it's so it's so weird that oftentimes we just kind of get swept aside
2: yeah, it's so strange. Oh, it's especially so like even you know, in a space where you are expecting people to see your disability because that's what they hired you for and then and then nothing.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's wild. Yeah. So New York, hello. Moving moving locals, so now you're in a completely different industry. What uh what what brought you to New York? What what's up how's that going how's your new place like all
2: that yeah it's going great it was a stressful move as anyone who's (laughs) moved um states knows Uh, Yeah, (laughs) but it's been fun i've been trying to get to new york for a couple years i actually got into nyu's broadway studio program back in the day back before i booked 4400 and i ended up not going because of the television show and but i've been trying to get to new york for years and honestly you know i've been taking classes and stuff outside of like my auditions and so it i'm still you know, like learning and and looking for ways to grow as an artist without school. But anyway, I'm getting off on a different tangent, but I moved to New York because my agents and my manager really wanted me to be out there. And um, I have a movie coming out this year. Um, Well, I actually don't know what the release date is, but sometime in the near future. And so I just wanted to kind of shake it up and go somewhere where I could be making connections and hopefully be going to more in-person auditions as they start to come back. So yeah, it's been really, really exciting, and I actually just booked my first little my first little project in New York, so that's very exciting.
1: Congratulations! Oh my gosh! Thank you. So, I know you got this movie coming up. Can you what What can you tell us about that?
2: Um, man, I don't, I don't know. What can I say? I mean, what's what's publicly been said is it's about yeah. a serial killer, um, named Rodney Alcala, who was a real ce- serial killer from the seventies. And it's kind of follows uh, a couple different victims um, from his, you know, from his, I don't know, even know how to say that. Escapades. <laughs> Escapades, <laughs> yeah. And so the movie stars Anna Kendrick and Daniel Zavato, who I look up to so much. They were so fantastic to work with. And
1: Anna also directed
2: it? Yeah, Anna directed it and starred in it. So that was really, really cool to be able to meet her. And she was so supportive. She actually, I might get teary-eyed if I start talking about this, but she was so supportive. She found me on the first day of set and kind of was like, can we talk? And I was like, yeah, of course. And she was like, I just want to talk about you, you know, your disability. And this is going to be like your kind of big introduction to the world and to the industry. And so I want to make sure that we are you know, that you feel comfortable with all of the shots and that you feel comfortable with, like, everything that we're doing. And, yeah, just, like, let me know if you have any ideas of, like, anything that we could make things easier for you or anything that any ideas that you have for the shots. And she kind of pitched, like, this opening sequence for the movie. That was really cool. And, yeah, it was it was just, like, a really, really neat experience because even, like, on 4400, also one of the writers kind of cornered me for not for my feature episode but for a different episode and kind of did a similar thing where he was like hey I'm gonna like bring up your disability right now and like how do you feel about the way that this was written and those two experiences like really have made me feel so hopeful for the direction that the industry is going in because for Anna Kendrick to like take the time to sit down with me and like have that conversation on a very busy set day was so it was so amazing and I felt I felt so supported and cared for and that yeah it was it was just like really it was a really really cool experience
1: so that's awesome and and what's this movie what's this movie called for so that people can be watching for it it's called The Dating Game. The Dating Game all right nice cool
2: yeah, I don't know when it's coming out, but it's going to be, um, it's really intense. It's an intense movie, but Anna Kendrick did a, is so good at telling stories that are important for women, by women. Um, she's And she has such a clear vision for, you know, what the movie is trying to say and, and bring light to. So I think it's going to be really impactful. And yeah, I'm really excited for people to see it. And do you know
1: where it's going to be able to... I don't
2: know, actually. I yeah, I have no idea.
1: (laughs) Okay, yeah, no, no more. The magical movie industry is very, it changes its mind a lot. It does,
2: it does. It's stressful, but we love it.
1: So I I don't know how much you can say about this upcoming thing that you just booked, but like, Mm -hmm. what kind of project is it? What flavor of art?
2: I don't know if I can really say that much, but it is a okay. it is a workshop for a new musical that I am very excited about. It's a short, um okay. it's a tier two development for those in the house that know what that means. So
1: Okay.
2: Yeah. I don't know if I could say much else, but I'm very, very excited and I think the cast is going to be incredible. I don't know everyone who's cast yet, but I, I'm just so excited. It has been I, the last time I was on stage was the "Fly More Than You Fall," the the Willow character um, oh my was gosh. 2019. That was the last time that I was on stage. So, wow! Yeah, if you can believe that. Uh, so I'm very, very excited to really dig in and get back into the theater world a little bit. It's 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 my home. It's what I love. So I'm excited.
1: That is so cool. And this is going to be happening like on a New York stage in some in yes somewhere? it will
2: be happening in new york i don't know okay. really any of the other details to be honest
1: okay no no worries no worries i'm just i'm wondering because i'm like if and when i can see any of this happening like i'm very excited about it obviously i'm in chicago so
2: <laughs> but it is a very it's a very exciting project because it's you know it's women led and um i'm pretty sure the entire cast is women so i'm very
1: very excited I love that oh my gosh that's awesome
2: yeah but that character is not um, is not actually a disabled character either it's just um, the character is kind of unrelated to disability which is you know
1: it's fun uh, I to play that So for those for those types of characters like do you think that you being disabled still impacts the way that you play those characters Or you do do you try and kind of push it aside?
2: Yeah definitely I mean being disabled is kind of just always in the subconscious of my mind at all times it affects the way that I move it affects the way that I feel about you know my body and the way that I feel about my relationship with other people so even if it's not like a conscious decision to sort of I guess like really bring it to the forefront of what I'm doing it's like it's seeped into every single decision that I'm making and every single like word that I say because it is just a part of who I am and Ah. so yeah and also yeah like I said like any type of person can be disabled and so it's just any it's just showing you know I I could also be living this timeline I could be living this timeline and um it's it's all it's all me everywhere you
1: look so yeah that's that's so cool I love that I love that perspective so Just kind of one, one more little question to round us out. Mm -hmm. Do you have any advice for younger disabled performers or not even necessarily younger, but just disabled performers that are starting out or even for little autumn?
2: Oh, that's a really good question. Um, my advice would be trust yourself. That's definitely, and I'm saying that because that's what I struggle with the most, um, And yeah, really trust yourself because in this industry, no one else is going to do that for you. You have to be the person to show up for yourself and that applies to any actors, but especially for disabled actors, because I think so, so often, you know, you get a role and you feel like this imposter syndrome of like, why me? Why, why now? And you just have to trust that you have to trust that you deserve to be in the room like anybody else does. And once, once you have that, once you like deeply, deeply trust yourself, you can actually start to create art that you're proud of as an artist. And so I think that's probably the most important thing to remember. And I try to remind myself that too.
1: That's awesome. I love that. All right. Well, are there any like websites, socials, anything that you want to plug, anything that people can find you at?
2: Sure. My Instagram is at It's Autumn Best and um i think that's really the only one i'm still keeping up with these days i think also on twitter it's it's autumn best if you want to find me there and i do have a youtube channel um i don't really post on it anymore thinking about maybe reviving it um i used to do a lot of music um but yeah if you want to find me it's youtube.com autumn best so bring the gonna, ukuleles back yeah i keep getting these comments of people being like it's been two years since you've uploaded on youtube and i'm like oh my how is that even possible how has it been two years since i uploaded so i don't know feeling a little bit guilty maybe i'll start
1: bringing it back eh, you're busy you're fine i feel like you have an excuse I'm busy. and i want you know i
2: want to do music in the future so i guess follow me on instagram to see more of that i guess and stay updated so
1: nice Heck yeah. Alright, well I feel like that that about wraps up our episode. So I just want to thank everybody for tuning into Able Voices. And this does wrap up my stint as a guest host. So thank you so much for having me, for listening to me talk. I know I do a <laughs> lot of talking, so glad you liked it, I hope.
2: Well you're so good at it
1: thank you um if you want to find me my instagram is grace everett my website grace i got a .org and not a .com because a .com was like a hundred dollars more expensive <laughs> <laughs> that's entirely the reason not worth no <laughs> but yeah that that's what i got so um thank you so much for tuning in and yeah obviously tune back in for more episodes but with another fantastic guest host
2: yeah all right thank you so cool. much grace Hi.
0: thank you thank you able voices is a production of the berkeley institute for accessible arts education led by me dr rhoda bernard the founding managing director it is produced by daniel martinez del campo the intro music is by kai levin and our closing song is by sebastian batista Kai and Sebastian are students in the arts education programs at the Berkeley Institute for Accessible Arts Education. If you would like to learn more about our work, find us online at berkeley.edu slash B-I-A-A-E or email us at B-I-A-A-E at berkeley, that's L-E-E dot E-D-U.